I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Welcome to the Summer of Scam Movies. I just want to give a quick little preface to this episode. It was so much fun. I laughed so hard. We had the best time, except doing all of that, living my best life. My audio didn't record, and we had used the Zoom audio. So it is slightly tinny, and if you are put off by that, I want to apologize. It won't happen again. This isn't usually how we do things. Sure, a mistake goes wrong every time I record, you know, of course. But for right now, this, there's like, I want to say, I want to apologize for all the tinniness because it's not typically how I want to give our episodes out, but it was such a fun episode. I have to share it. And I love Sarah Grace. She's incredible. Thanks. Hi, I'm Caitlin Bradnick. And I'm Sarah Grace Wellborn. And, and we love Scams! Scams, girl! <laughs> Hi, guys! We love Scams, we love you. Welcome to Scam Wow. Oh, we are so happy to be here. So happy to be here talking about Scams. <gasps> Thank God. Thank God. I'm so excited. So, Sarah, this is so funny. Like, during COVID, I miss all my friends. I miss seeing you guys no. at, like, in-between auditions. where we're like, yeah. that director was a dick, right? Okay, yeah, your turn. <laughs> oh, my God. Or just, like, the constant conversation of, like, you want me to wait for you so we can leave at the same time? So we can walk yes. through, like, Madison Square Park and go. Yes, I, I miss that. I never did any good auditions. I know. <laughs> did you do the <laughs> one? 
I couldn't do it. I had to say no. Was it good or bad? No, it wasn't. It was not good. And the guy, I did it. And I went in with some people that weren't UCB comedians and our styles were just different. It was more like theater, like musical theater style. Yeah. So they went in and they were very excitable. And I was, they said, focus on improv. So I was trying to be the best improviser, not necessarily. Guys, when you do an audition, there's so much in your head. There's so many things on the table. And they tell you like a bunch of UCB people went in before me and they're like, we want you to do, it's all improvised. They off the book. So they want you to write the joke for them. Mm-hmm. So we go in and the people were really big. And then he stops us and he goes, guys, you need to like tone it way back. We have a camera and we have a mic. So don't worry. We can hear and see you. Oh. It was such a rude blow. There's no way you can like disassociate yourself from the rest of them. I mean, you want to in that moment be like, I wasn't doing that. But you can't because yes. you're just in the group. That- yeah. Yes. And I was like, okay. And then we started and I tried to do things much more subtle. And then every time I went to speak, the uh, musical theater guy spoke over me. Yeah. So I didn't even get any line out. And then he's like, okay, thanks guys. And I was like, wow, wow that is over. Like that was like it. And I was yeah. like, and then you probably waited in a virtual waiting room for like 35 minutes for it. No, this was my first in-person one. It was in Yes, I did. So I did virtual for this and I did it with Erica Hernandez, who's a friend of oh mine. My God. It was the best. So that was we incredible. had the best time. Yeah. I was able to be subtle and like easy. I mean, I feel like I decided in like maybe like 2016 or 17. Tell me. Yeah. This was just what I decided. If you yeah. don't get pulled in with the right group or the right partner and it's not an instant gel, I mean, essentially, if you don't get pulled in with someone you yeah. already know. Right, right. They are so unimaginative. They can't imagine you out of the context of the other people or the partner. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just oh like, God, yes. I didn't book it. Like, if they didn't put me in there, yeah. I see the waiting room and I'm like, if they didn't put me in there with Caitlin, I won't book it. They're, they can't you're imagine so right, you without the other person. That's why you always show up to a job and you're like, oh, yeah, they booked me with the person I ride with. Yeah. That is true. And yeah. I was also like, it's so funny. So I forgot to sign up. Like I got dressed first and then I didn't realize like I didn't sign up on the list. And I go to sign up and I realize like, shit, I could have gone with Becky Shaquoin no. and Achilles. No. But I messed up because I was like, because the thing I also forgot about auditioning in person is that you sweat like crazy. <laughs> the amount of sweat I had from just leaving my house to the place, I am like, I didn't even put on Spanx yet. Like I'm just in a full body sweat. And then, <laughs> then I get there and I, I drive myself off. Okay. I even brought a towel this time. I was like, I'm going to bring a sweat towel. This is disgusting. The sweat towel was a dark color. So then it was all over my neck. Like I had like a uh, no. towel fibers on my neck. And then I'm in the bathroom changing and someone bangs on the door to enter. And I'm like, I'm still changing. And there's a sign that says, please don't get ready in here for the audition. But you have to. Where are you going to get ready? What are you going to do? On this yeah. curb? Yeah. So I did it. And I'm there. And really, the most fun was just sitting with Becky and chatting about life. <laughs> I know. And you just have to love that part because there's just too many too many things that can go wrong. And then you'll spend the whole day going, if I was a little quicker in the bathroom, I could have had a show with Becky and Achilles. That is. Yeah. That is. Also, have you ever done this? I never done it. <laughs> I don't think anybody would. But I wanted to like stop when we all left through and turn to the um, casting director and say, I think I know what he wanted. I didn't do it correctly. Can I go in one more time? Mm. I've never done that. You know, I once felt really brave. And to, as a caveat, I did not book this. But I once, yeah, but that's great. I once felt really brave. And like, you know, they give you a note in the room and then you redo mm-hmm. it 
And then you're like, none of that landed. And then like two seconds later, I was like, oh, he meant like, yeah, he said, throw the lines away. And I thought he meant like, read it like deadpan. And I was doing like an Aubrey Plaza, like impersonation from like Parks and Rec. But I was like, no, no, he just meant like, none of it's important. Like just move through it more naturally without like telling us what the jokes are. And I was like, Uh oh, can I just do it one more time? I just realized what you meant. I throw it away. That's great. Yeah. So I felt really proud of myself. But then when I was done, he was like, you didn't need to do that though. He's like, (laughs) Like, <laughs> it was the same to me all along. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, but he actually gave me the advice that he was like, it made you seem less confident. And I feel like we're just trying to book confidence. Wait, if we ask him to go again? Yeah. Or it could have okay. just been That's the so way I dealt it. I mean, maybe I was sweating profusely. I'm like, I just need one I mean, more that's A guarantee. <laughs> Wait, that's really, I haven't heard that, that he says to you, we're just booking confidence that you like know the role. Like he was kind of giving me the impression that the best thing we could do is like kick down the door like Fonzie and be like, what's up everybody? Hey baby. People like we literally hate. Like, like people, people that are like hate. pure assholes. Yeah. And that's what they want. Yeah. I feel like that's, but that's what this guy wants. So. Wow. That's fascinating. I know. So, th- so when someone is like, are you an improviser? It's not are you a funny stand-up? Can you make lines up on the spot? Which I say, I think what they're asking, do you have funny lines prepared? Of course. Even written. Of course. But when we, as like trained improvisers say, are you an improviser? We go like, oh yes. Are we doing what form? (laughs) You know, like short form, long form. Are we finding a a suggestion? Are we starting with the location? Yeah, that's why always in the waiting room, I would try to pre-plan every joke I was Mm going to make for when they told me to improvise. So I had those like in my back pocket. And then... After the audition, I would put them all in a note on my phone in case I got a call back. So I could so do smart, the same Sarah. fake improv. I am so calculated and lame. That's No, that's brilliant. On my way to the callback, I review everything we did originally, and then I that's make up brilliant. a few new fake improvs. <laughs> I love it. Guys, this, okay, so uh, the we have to back up. The story is so funny with Sarah Grace and I. So we were, we were trying to get together as much as we love, like rescheduling, adjusting. So we, we picked a series to do. And then out of the goodness of our hearts, we both rushed to do it. But then because our messages, we didn't get in touch with each other. I, I think Sarah, you started to watch it. And then I watched the whole thing because I was like, if I'm not prepared, that's really going to suck. And then we decided after I watched the whole series, it was horrible. You watched <laughs> Can I, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> Wait, what was it called again? I kind of blocked it out. The Way Down. The Way Down. Well, so this is shocking to me because you guys, The Way Down um, is on like HBO Max, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a three-part doc series about um, a church in my hometown, yes. Franklin, Tennessee. Wow. That was just like, it's so funny because everyone's like, oh my God, this takes place in Franklin. Like you must know it. But we had so many churches in oh, my town that like true. I was truly like I, this one's not even on my radar but I guess yes. it was like really famous for being psychotic and people were like you're gonna know people in it it's it's insane did you see anyone you knew or anything somebody who like was like adjacent friends with my sister uh-huh. says something in the second episode but like <laughs> I didn't get that far cool. so I never saw her no don't you shouldn't yeah so, yeah my brother lived in Tennessee for a while. He was playing music. One of my best friends from high school was in Tennessee. And it is true. Like when I go visit, there are more churches than anything, more churches than Starbucks, bodegas. Like it makes no sense. Not even one bodega. To me as a New Yorker. No, not one bodega. (laughs) Where's all your chip beef? Nothing. And they, 
and churches are just a part of life and a part of culture. Like you just, you have, you have your full life and churches involved in it. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's not even religious Mm -hmm. to some extent. It's like communal. Yeah. It really is just like, that's the like meetup point. And like, it's, it was typical in high school to just know that like, if you didn't go to the same church as your high school friends, you wouldn't like see them Ever on see them again. Wednesday night. For <laughs> and they'd probably burn in hell. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they don't go to your church. <laughs> I would be like, wait, why can't I just like, if Elisa's my best friend, like, can I just go to church with Elisa's family? And it was like, no, because they go to the big like Methodist church and it's slightly mm-hmm. different than... What did you do? We were non-denominational, which is Ooh, funny because it like identifies based on being like, we're no denominations, but then it's like, it. what are you? Yeah, but you are a thing. Yeah. And well, I'm Unitarian too. So we, we went to Unitarian church, which is also that. Well, Unitarian is better, I think. Not to be qualitative. No, but, but it is, it does have like enough key like symbols to say like, okay, I know this club, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. But Unitarian is yeah. a little bit more like we accept actually all faiths, not just like Christian. Yeah, faith. we accept every single thing. And a lot of the ministers are, you know, People are gay. Yeah. I love it. And we went there because my dad's side was Jewish. My mom's side was Catholic. So that was where we mixed in. I love that. Thank you. I think that I would love a non-denominational one in Tennessee, though. It feels like that's like the best. So you have the social club. I mean, that was the best you could do because, um, yeah, we didn't have Unitarian or, you know, anything else. I mean, definitely no like Eastern practices happening or anything like that. No, no, no. Yeah, but I I definitely feel uh, what your brother's saying about like meeting people too, Uh because I mean, it was even just like, I I remember I left um, Tennessee and went to college, you know, in Chicago and it still was kind of important to me, not even like when I would date someone or have a crush on someone, like how do they believe, like how do they practice their Uh faith? I didn't really care about that. I was just sort of like, what's their like church background? And like, do we speak the same language about like, the worship should be a band, not a choir. <laughs> yes. Is there a drummer with like the drummer shield, you know, yes. that is like really letting it go and singing yes. hard. I love that. I, I am like so susceptible to joining any sort of religious group. Like you give me five minutes and I'll join it. I'll sign my life up to you. And and, you know, it, if you're in that world, it works because it's reinforcing their own world. Like if your parents agree with it, if you agree yeah. with that, like you can do this sort of like intense cultural, like repetitive worshiping and stuff. It, it's fulfilling. But definitely like in that setting. I mean, when you're a kid, you're impressionable, oh you're emotional, God. you like the drama of it. We can't get too into it because at the end of the day, this is not even what we're talking Guys, about. Oh the way God, down. This so, okay. So I watched it and then at the end... Okay, I will say though, do you know that everyone's dead? They all died. Yeah, I, I know that she was her name Shanlin. I know she died I can't even remember. in a plane. She died and the main guy died. And so you're following the whole documentary and you're crying because this mother who was her new husband's uh, first girlfriend is like trying to get custody and there's a farmer who they're trying to steal his farm, all these upsetting things. And then they're all dead. <laughs> it's like do they say that at the jump well they say they show the plane crash in the beginning okay. but you don't know who crashed i guess you could google it but they do this whole thing and i'm so worried i'm like so stressed out about this mother and getting her child from custody and then they're all dead i'm like well <laughs> there we go oh my gosh i guess death saves well here's another segue 
You know when yeah. you couldn't Google it in 1999? 99. When Never Been Kissed is that. Never been. So guys, we are doing the movie Never Been Kissed. Well, also, I saw on your Instagram, a lot of things were happening in 1999. A lot of romance movies. I was absolutely shook because yes. I was like, I remembered Never Been Kissed was like really like one of my absolute favorites when I saw it. Like, yeah. I was yeah. absolutely, I thought it was the funniest movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> I thought Drew Barrymore was an, was an iconic leading lady who, who could do it all. And I I actually thought that the Michael Hartian character, Mr. Coulson, was like the sexiest person I'd ever seen. I mean, he's incredibly good. Like, I did think that. I thought he was pretty sexy. Now he's a little scrawny, but he's very, very sexy at the time. That's why I looked up the year of the movie because I was like, I have to remember like how old I was when I saw this because I was like, I know that it was one of my first experiences of like watching a movie and like my body feeling funny. Yeah, I love it. Okay, I was born in 86. So I think in 99. I was 15. Okay, so I was like 13. Depending on what month it came out, which there's absolutely no way. No way. I know it. I will not like to look at that up. But yeah, I was like 14, 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was like, what grade are you in? Like ninth grade was what it said for me. Okay. So you just started high school and mm-hmm. I was like in your middle school. Mm-hmm. And definitely at the like next time I watched the movie, like out of the theaters when I we got like the VHS or, yeah. or the DVD. Yeah. Um, I definitely like tried to make myself look nice to watch it. Because he was in oh, the movie. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, I love it. Stuff was fine for me. You know, things were happening. But that's so funny, too, because I remember she falls so much in the movie. And I was like, that's comedy gold. <laughs> like, when I was watching as a child, I was like, wow, all I have to do is fall. And then I'm the funniest lady in the world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She does fall a lot. She falls so much. And that was the time. It was also, like, during Charlie's Angels, where Cameron Diaz would dance and then fall down. Like, it was, like, women falling. It was such a highlight. She's all yeah. that. She falls down the stairs. Oh, my God. That's like, right. Yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You. She falls off a table after she dances. Like, oh, yeah. everyone's falling you're right and that was what we determined what funny was oh my God, <laughs> a woman not in control of her body <laughs> so julia Stiles actually also hit her head on the lighting fixture when she yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my god so and all those movies like are were in 1999 so it was really the year of the, <laughs> the <fall>. concussion <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i was like wow i can't wait to be a comedian and hurt myself just as badly like yeah. i was thrilled i was like this is my journey yeah You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. 
or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, what did you think about watching it? Once again, we both watched it together. What recently? Yeah. What did you think? Well, so okay, I was definitely trying to think about it in terms of like this podcast theme. So I was like, <laughs> "Thank you, you're welcome, you're absolutely." <laughs> so I was trying to think about first, like, just like the setup of the larger like scam that she's yes. like an undercover reporter posing as a seventeen year old as a twenty five year old. Yes, I gotta say, Caitlin, I didn't concentrate on that for too long because I. <laughs> Do not think that people who made the movie invested in setting up a believable scam. No. She does a horrible job. No one's helping her from the newspaper. There's no undercover training. No. Okay, so it's so bad. Okay, so guys, so Julia okay. Armour starts as this woman who, if, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if you need to see it. Um, she just like starts as this woman who looks like she lives in a cult. Like her outfit is like she lives in a cult and she just came out of a bunker. Like she looks so weird and old and like she's very antisocial and she's like snorting and like can't even look people in the eye like she has she's developed zero social skills yeah and it does seem like she might have a disorder like you'd be like oh if you said like she has asperger's i'd be like great that Mm -hmm. makes sense you know then they say gary everyone's in this movie gary marshall is the boss and he's like high school's where it's all at and so he tells her to dress up and pretend she's going to high school. Now he picks her for some reason. Don't know why. I think she's technically the youngest, but she doesn't look the youngest. She looks like she's 60 years old. Yeah. And he tells her to go undercover in high school and get the top story. And that's, sh- that should be like yeah. where the scam is that she's lying, that she's hiding. And I feel like I need to preface quickly that like I did yeah. not like study journalism. I didn't go to journalism mm-hmm. school famously. Mm-hmm. I, I never mm-hmm. worked at like mm-hmm. newspaper or magazine. Famously. Famously. Yeah, yeah. So I actually don't know how investigative journalism works, but I am pretty sure mm-hmm. that you don't just say, yeah, <laughs> we're going to send you undercover to an environment where there's no story happening. Nothing. See if you can find one. It's very shady journalism. It's very unethical. And it's very like, there's, I think there's something about going undercover in the FBI. Like if there's a thing you have to, heist or there's going undercover in like a difficult place but yeah this was just but it was also so 1999 where it was like hey just mess it up and move around like i don't the ethics were very shady in all the movies we've watched in that time and 
the boss too is first of all says in the first scene like you're no good you've never done anything undercover you've never done anything investigative Mm -hmm. you're a copy editor you're a copy editor yeah just you check in my grammar and she's checking everyone's grammar all day long yeah the most annoying and then once she goes in he's like my life depends on you our careers depend on you you have to be the best spy in the world which is so crazy it's (laughs) so so funny I mean I really just feel like they didn't spend any time with exposition or creating stakes, but they did just say like, just give it stakes. Just give it stakes. Well, she walks in that first day, she transforms herself and you'd think she'd look young, but she looks like a crack. She looks older. <laughs> she actually <laughs> she looks, looks older. <laughs> she looks so bad. Her senior citizen haircut got up, got even more senior. It looks like how my bubby would have like her bangs <laughs> up really high. And it was like that bleach blonde that's kind of white, but looks gray. And she's wearing like white lipstick. She wore white lipstick. She looks like a crackhead and she was wearing a boa. She looked like she didn't know how to function in life, you know? Yeah. I mean, it just was like, so, okay. On the level of the Chicago Sun-Times and the Mm -hmm. role of her news office in this movie, Mm -hmm. this scam, not thin, very thin, very thin. And then as she's there... It suddenly she loses her desire to discover anything. And it's just personally about Drew Barrymore's character fitting in. That's it. Yeah. And it's, she's not even interviewing people really. No. She's just like, I hope they like me. Yeah. Cause, and then it's like a weird moment of like her coworkers being like, okay, we brought, we sent you in there. We have no idea what the story mm-hmm. is, but we know it's with the popular kids. We know it's yes. not with the, we have no idea what it is. We have no idea what this piece is, but mm-hmm. you need to be friends with the popular kids. So of course she has to confront all the demons from her real time at high school when she was not a popular kid. And she has flashbacks from being in high school and she looks younger in the flashbacks. Which is like incredible. Right. How did they do it? You think that they wanted her to look younger in the flashbacks. So they made her actually look so much older and so ridiculous in the present. Like Honestly, she looks like a 50 year old woman. She looks younger now than she did then. Yeah. It's really true. She does multiple makeovers. Then she starts to look like 1950s Betty Boop style. Like, it is so bad. Yes. so bad. And everyone in that high school is a senior citizen almost. And then her brother is David Arquette, who is a pedophile. And David Arquette rolls in as a 23-year-old to sort Mm -hmm. of help her. And also, um, just this is for the viewers. Mm -hmm. He wants to get on the baseball team so he can have his second shot at becoming a professional athlete. Now, Mm -hmm. David Arquette makes himself a fake ID, mm-hmm. use the materials at his, his Tiki Post job, um, <laughs> post to office. make mm-hmm. a fake ID. Now, I thought there was real, like, um, discrepancy where the movie <laughs> tried to, I think, at the beginning frame that, like, high school has a lot of security in the 90s because mm-hmm. she had to go through a metal detector and they took away her yep. nail file. But then David Arquette rolls <laughs> in with this fake ID and just signs up. Yeah, and he does look like he's about to murder someone. Like he just, he looks like so greasy, like he forgot even like his own name. And he looks like he's fathered multiple high school children. Like he does look like there's, and they're arguing and it looks like they're having like a couple spat in it. It doesn't look like they're high school kids in any way. I mean, I have to say like everyone looking so old helped me because you actually (laughs) like forget like how disturbing everything is. Mm -hmm. If they actually look, look young, Everything, especially with the teacher dynamic, becomes so Ooh. disturbing. And I do want to get into that. But ju- just on the David Arquette subject really quick, uh-huh. though, please. I remember that when he comes to the school, he he is able to, like, make her popular. Yes. By, like, telling little lies about her that make her seem cool. I yeah. did forget that 
truly disgusting moment where he's talking to the baseball, other baseball players and he sort of insinuates that he's had sex with her. Lots of it. They used to go out together and sometimes they still fuck. He said that about his own sister. I was truly like, wait. Yeah. Wait. Like That isn't a scam. That's just creepy. That's like not even, that helps no one. Oh my God. If you really like pause the movie and you're like, imagine like your, this is your brother. Never. I'm going to throw up. I was like, oh my God. It's so, and he really was like selling it like, oh yeah. And it's like, you're suck. Like you suck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The part where he was, he was sort of like, yeah, she's like really good. It's really good friendship. And they're like, really good, really good. Like, yeah. It's like really good. I was like, ew. And for, and for me as a 13 year old, I was totally just like, oh my God. Amazing. That's so nice of him. <laughs> I was like, he's really helping her. I wish someone would say how great I am at sex in my high school. <laughs> I know. Can I get him to come to mine? Can I get someone to hype me up after he needs a tub of coleslaw and high fives everyone? <laughs> like, that's what I need. Um, it did seem like it was a good solution at the time. But he is hooking up with a 16-year-old. Oh, that too. Who yeah is a virgin and a gymnast. And it's just like, it is so creepy too, because you're looking at this from, I don't ever forget that he's not old. Like he looks old the whole time. He looks really so, old. Yeah. <laughs> like Drew Barrymore's like brain capacity kind of fluctuates. But like with him, you're like, you're, you're an old creepy man. And he's like, yeah, gymnast. And he's creepy the whole time. I feel like they tried to do like a two second, like, Nod to the fact that, like, like he won't, doesn't want her to put her legs up over her head. It's like, whoa, you shouldn't do that or something like that. Because I've already seen it in the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm like, you're at the prom with her without your pants on. You're yeah. fucking this child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The prom was best couples in history. And Drew Barrymore shows up in, like, an Edwardian dress because, you know what? She just filmed Ever After the year before. So I was like, was that just in her closet? <laughs> Was she like, we just wrapped Ever After. I have a gorgeous corset. Let me throw myself in this. I like how I look in these old timey clothing. You know, here we go. She had so many costume changes. So, okay. And then, oh, this is so insane. Also, while all this is happening, she's wearing like a secret camera. Yeah. So that not only is she doing all this unethical, but, and no one's parents signed off on forms to be filmed, but she has her entire office are watching tapes of her every day in high school. And it becomes like a movie to all of them. And people are falling in love. And like all these adults, quote unquote, are like popping popcorn and watching her like struggle through high school. And there's a guy in a van Mm -hmm. who has been sitting outside the school the whole time. That's her like secret friend. But if you're in a high school and someone has had a van for months sitting in the front with like dark windows and one man coming in and out with one child over and over again, you should be calling the police. That high school sucks. No one knocked on the door. No one asked. What's happening in here? Also, what about when she was friends with the geeks and they're supposed to be looking after her and taking care of her and they don't notice she's getting in and out of a van with a man? Come on, geeks. You were the smartest people there. You were a double helix as a costume. And the thing too is that like she messes one day, she messes up and she like misses her friend's meetup and she doesn't call her or anything. Like she's a real bitch to her geek friend, which everyone is in every movie. But it's only like one mess up, but Lily Sobieski like murders her in her mind. She's like, you're dead to me forever. (laughs) You you stood me up one day. I was like, this was in 99, like when you just got phones. Like people stood each other up all the time accidentally. They were just like, oh, I went to the wrong place. Like there's a lot of forgiveness in high school, but not 
really Lisa Leoski. Oh, she took that very <laughs> personally. She was actually 16 years old in that movie. She was the only one who was actually of age. And then yeah. Jessica Alba was 18. They were the only ones. I totally get that. And actually, while we're talking about the supporting cast, let's go. What on earth is going on with the casting choice of Guy? Her love interest. Drew Barrymore is... Okay, this is also sketchy, but... So Drew Barrymore, when she's undercover in the high school folks, Mm -hmm. there's like the popular hot guy amongst the high schoolers who reminds her of the popular hot guy from when she was in high school. This person should have been cast by like a hot teen who Mm -hmm. like, um, I'm trying to think like who would... Like a Zac Efron. Like when Zac Efron, like like Zac Efron had that like cute sexiness when he was underage, which is gross to say, but he kind of had that like wink in his eye. This guy looked like a gay poet and that's okay like he really was very such homosexual vibes in the best way like he and james franco kept giggling and touching each other because james franco was his best friend anytime they had a scene they point to each other and they'd both be like woo i was like great are we gonna find out he's gay this whole time and that he was using her as like a front or something it was like like his own scam like oh you know, I definitely didn't consider that because growing up in Tennessee, in I, yeah. I didn't know about gay people yet. So no. I didn't okay. think that guy was gay. No, but now as an adult, which is great. I'm not, I like, let's be honest and truthful in this movie about lying. You know, he really sort of gave me a weird feeling too. Like the scene where he has to bomb in the bedroom and he just kind yeah. of sits on the bed with her and is like, so you've probably already heard. I'm going to ask you to prom. There's just something about doing it in person. And then she's like so giddy. Yeah. She's kind of has a crush on the 17 year old and the teacher. She does. She just, she's horny like crazy. And in the beginning, she does Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon is, oh wait, we have to go over all of the characters, all of the <sighs> mega stars. I had to write them down because I was losing my mind. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. We have Molly Shannon. John C. Riley, David Arquette, Jessica Alba, Lily Sobieski, Octavia Spencer, the mom from Santa Claus, <laughs> plays her Spanish teacher. I don't know her name. I was like, that's the mom. She's one who's so mad at Tim Allen. The girl Marissa from Hairspray, Gary yes. Marshall, Jeremy Jordan, who's like the hot guy who's not looking so good these days. And oh, Michael Vartan oh, yeah. is the hot teacher who is really hot. And what turns him on about Drew Barrymore when they first meet is that yeah. she listens to what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she repeats something he said. And he goes like, wow, you listened. And it's like, whoa, yeah. you're like sucks. Like you're a teacher. No one listens to you. And yeah. you're turned on by this, like uncomfortably, even if she is 17, she's behaving dumber than most 17. So she does seem that something's off. Yeah. And that gets him going. You know? mean, and, you know, she's smart and she's good at his class, which makes him feel like mm-hmm. a good teacher. And I think that yeah. also turns him on. It does. And they go to a party where the students and teachers are mingling. They all look 45 years old. <laughs> Everyone looks the same age. I couldn't remember who was from her office and who was from school. I was like, oh, wait, that guy's not a child. He's her weird assistant who's like on weird lines. Right. It's ad-libbed. And then... He introduces her to his girlfriend who's from New York City and wants to get serious. And he says, like, she just thinks I need to grow up. And it's like, 
Yeah, dick. You should not be trying to fuck 17-year-olds in high school. I mean, maybe you should grow up and go to New York City. I think the real, he should definitely go to New York City with his <laughs> yeah. of-age girlfriend. There's not even a question. There's, There's not nothing. even a question. But this movie makes you go, yeah, dump her. Live in this, like, weird, hidden, confusing Chicago they make Chicago like it's a small town. And no, I think it's a small. So weird about they're that. trying to make it. I mean, it is famously the second biggest. Thing. Yeah, it's actually huge, guys. Oh God! But he, but I remember like the crux during this like party where the teachers and kids were hanging out. They have like a spark happen, and he says like she just wants me to. I guess I need to grow up. And it's like, whoa, what a bitch. Yeah. And like, what a damper. And that's really his struggle in life is that he has to be with someone of his own age. <laughs> like, that's his cross to bear. Well, Caitlin, I mean, <laughs> we have to dig in here because, like, yeah. I was shook watching mm-hmm. it that none of this ever came into my mind like, as a 13 year old. I, I even yes. feel like I watched it again, like in college, like to show yes. people like you didn't see never been kissed. It's so fun. Like, I mean, I never clocked any of this creepiness. <laughs> yes. I know. Like I really, I feel like actually I got scammed because I, I did. Feel like I just totally like his line at the beginning where he's like, are you sure you're 17? I think in my head, I just went like, okay, he always suspected that she was older, so it's okay. Oh. But there's nothing, you know? It's, there's nothing to tell him. Yeah. No, she says, I'm not. I'm a student. Why wouldn't she be a student? Why would... I mean, it's not like he thinks it's an undercover agent. Otherwise, he would have, like, tried to figure that out more. Like, Or it could have been so much more interesting if he did figure it out and yes. was like, okay, like, I'll play. Like, what is this? And then they, she gets him in and they're, like, in it cahoots together. And that could be even goofy to be like, no, we're not creepy pedophiles. We're actually in love. Like, but I don't know what the end game is. It's like, creepy pedophile if you do or if you don't. Ugh. Caitlin, I have to remind you of the moment on the Ferris oh. wheel. Okay. Oh, God. There's a moment on the Ferris wheel. Tell us all. Drew Barrymore's alone on the Ferris wheel famously you can't ride a ferris wheel alone yeah god forbid you have to have two people in it or the, mm-hmm. the machine can't work falls off <laughs> falls off the rails <laughs> rolls down the hill rolls down the- <laughs> hey everyone is mass murdered that's famously first so ferris- famously that classic problem arises my yeah. girlfriend Cam <laughs> is alone at the fair straight up chilling no he's like shooting um like shooting something with guns and then here's her that she's when she's far away but he has this like this like radar like bing 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 drew barrymore's alone for a second and yeah. they need a second so he runs to the ferris wheel yeah. he's not even standing in line for the ferris wheel he's in no. another part of the park but he gets there in time <laughs> not by the way not chaperoning this school activity not chaperoning actually just playing no playing himself because he doesn't want to grow up sarah grace <laughs> which we have established he doesn't want to grow up it's too hard okay so let's Ugh. talk about the moment in the ferris wheel okay so he gets in the ferris wheel he gets in the cart in the next time they of course talk about his personal life again the girlfriend <laughs> and the move to new york comes up again because like again. we just do that with our teachers we talk about their dating <laughs> lives and then he says there's a pause and he goes yes. when you're my age guys are going to be lined up around the block for you. And she says, you have to say that because you're my teacher. Teacher. (laughs) And he says, actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm your teacher. And I was just like, I I mean, my jaw was fully on the floor. I actually 
I don't call the cops, but I did call the cops. Yeah, she did. I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> no, no. And she needs to be in a hospital or followed by somebody if you think she is of age and behaving this way. Like, there's to, her mental ability. She needs to be medicated. It's not charming even if, if he, let's say he did think she was older, but was like, okay, you're in denial and you think you're 17. She needs to go to a clinic. Like, she needs to be signed up. Yes. Have someone monitor her yes. if she's going through this psychosis of believing she's 17. Like, yes. He's scamming himself, but it's also like, it's so convenient for him, you know? Yeah. I mean, I hope you were lucky enough to have a teacher who was handsome who you <laughs> had a crush on. I definitely had a few myself. I had like, it's so funny. One teacher everyone had a crush on because he just like talked to the students like a regular person. And I was like, huh, he's not attractive at all, but I can make myself have a crush with him if he like me. <laughs> like I, even then I was kind of settling, but I, um, I didn't really, on Boy Meets World, there was that really hot teacher. Yeah. And I just wish he worked at my school, but no. I mean, if I, not for me. I, my teachers were not as hot as this either, but I did have crushes on them just because, you know, you have crush on almost anyone. But could you imagine though, Caitlin, if one of them had said to you, who you had a crush on, like after a class, you go to talk to them about something and they say, when you're my age, guys are going to be lined up around the block for you. I would have flipped. I would have been so giddy and excited and they would have been like, a pervert. A creepy. Well, it's so funny. So I grew up in like a very loving, goofy Jewish family. So there were many old senior citizen men who were like, you're the most beautiful girl. You're going to hit them up with a stick when you're old. Like, So I had a lot of 80-year-old men telling me like, wait till you get your chance when you fall in love. So I think I had heard that line by a, a, a grandmother or okay. grandfather with like a lazy eye. So I don't think I would have known it was a bad thing. I definitely wouldn't have, but I would have, no. I mean, with that intimacy though, I would have been like, oh my God, okay, maybe he likes me. Yeah. I also would have been like, I have to stand outside this classroom for the rest of my life. Like I was very much like, I think I still am like this in proximity to something. Like if I liked something, I would just probably like be around that classroom or like stand by those lockers. Like I would become like weird. So, I mean, I am weird, but so weird. And I think she plays that pretty well. I mean, she seems like, Mm -hmm. she seems pretty giddy and nervous about him and and about Guy, the other guy too. She must have been very confused in her own head. She's going to need a lot of therapy. She succumbs to the world. Like she's, she abandons her geeky friends. She joins the popular girls thanks to her brother saying that they boned and (laughs) she's, she's fully involved with these girls. She's hanging out. And at no point, at no point does she look age appropriate. <laughs> at no point. I feel like, okay, I want to stay on like Michael Vartan's psyche for a second so I can ask you if you understood Please. this moment at the prom. I mean, I everything about him at the prom confused me a lot on this, also, on this rewatch. And the prom theme was Millennium and some other piece of shit school stole Millennium and they screamed like there was a stabber on the loose. They were like, someone took our prom theme. And so Drew Barrymore came up with like the couples. It would have been so much better if she was a romance novelist and she was writing, she needed to find like material for a YA novel. Like, anything that's actually way better yeah because she's not invested in being undercover she's doing it because one of her bosses made her and the other boss says if we don't get this we're both going to get fired and she's doing it because molly shannon in the beginning who's her co-worker says she fucks everyone and wouldn't be so fun and 
you get to be 17 again. I remember hearing that. Like that's so, it was so exciting. Yeah. And Molly Shannon really sells that this is a good idea. Like I was like, Molly Shannon loves this idea. I'm in as a kid. I was like, I trust her. I trust her with my life. Oh, yeah. uh, she, she also was an unstable sex aholic. Right. But for me, I was also like, that seems really cool. And she seems like she's having fun. And I was she's like, a good friend. <laughs> I think partially her character made me think, I bet sex is really fun. And when I get old, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to have it with like everybody like that. <laughs> yeah. She showed me that there's nothing attached when you have sex, <laughs> yeah. especially with Jimmy from Op-Ed or whoever she boned. So Drew Barrymore, there's no stakes. It would have been so much better if she had had stakes in this and it was in any way mattered to her to fit in and to be undercover. But she just kind of like, even when she's hanging out with them, she's just kind of like flung in there. Yeah. And she, even like these stories that like a certain place, there's, oh, you know what I would have loved? So they go by this place called, I don't know, the Downs or something. The court. The court, yeah. And it's where everybody like get drinks and is crazy. And the next day, their sister newspaper or the competitive newspaper writes a story about it. And her boss is like, Drew, why didn't you write about the court? About the underage drinking? I, I was thinking that like maybe Jessica Alba's character, like a student would be writing <gasps> for that newspaper. Oh, wait. That's such a miss on their part because yes. when she blows her cover at the prom, that gets mm-hmm. scooped by the other paper as well. Yes. So definitely they should have established it was a mall. Maybe Michael Vartan or Jessica Alba. Yeah. yeah, or the gay, the the non-gay gay guy who was her love interest. Maybe that's why he was acting like he liked her because it was for his own gain or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that was a miss, actually. That was a miss. But I will say the win was when she got hit in the face with that egg, I cried too. Oh. <laughs> she, I mean, that was so upsetting. She did those sad emotions so well. The flashbacks to her in high school were heartbreaking. Tough. They're tough yeah. to watch. Like she's really, really good. And actually yes. like just so much more believable in those moments, her like dorky oh, way really? than the weird thing she's doing as she gets older and works for this newspaper. You're like, how did she get this job at a newspaper? How does she have her own apartment? She's like, acting so weird oh she cross stitches all of her own pillows and like talks to them and has turtles this woman is deranged yeah but as a 17 year old you're like perfect iconic baby (laughs) she's a baby of course she thought she could write this poem that would make him like her oh my god i so would have thought that i would not have read it in front of Mm -mm. him because that would have made me too scared and like the poem is for him and not everyone else you're right well, you're a performer and you know who your audience is, Star Grace. That's where you shine. And I think, honestly, I've always known that. I think I've always, We've always known your audience. No um, matter how much Always known my audience. But I, I do think I would have written a poem uh, if I felt like I was very good at poetry and just been like, it will help us I, this is how I let Thank you guys so much that was for yeah, all of your support. Yeah. So happy it didn't tell things they hate about you. And I was like, wow, if I had the chance, if Heath Ledger was around me, I'd say a poem, I'd pray to him, I'd say whatever it takes. Anna Sheridan, New York Times bestselling author of Supernatural Horror, missing for nearly six months now. That's not possible. Is the compass broken? Or did I turn to the Given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierce the veil, so to speak. Weak radio signal. 700 meters. Closing fast. 
There's no place for ghost stories and close encounters in this investigation, or any other. I need you to find me. The Sheridan Tapes, a serialized horror mystery podcast. Stream the complete series today on Realm and on all podcasting platforms.